Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So there was a post that went up on uh, Facebook that was a question. And I'm going to, is it okay if I say your name? Reverend Jerry Strautemeyer put this post up and she asked a question because essentially the post said, if God is, God is all good. Basically, that, I mean, that was the tone of the post. I didn't write down exactly what it said, but it said, God is all good. And that is fundamental to what we teach. God is good, right? God is all good. And then the question is, so then why do we have experiences of discord? Why do we have experiences of war? If God is all good, why do we have these things in our experience of life that seem contrary to that? I heard somebody say something. Well, it's because we are endowed with infinite freedom. And that freedom includes the freedom as humans to create discord in the experience of life. And I believe, and part of what I offer in teaching, is that if we truly remember who we are, then we cannot do anything but express the infinite nature of God, which I do believe is inherently good. But we separate ourselves from the infinite. We believe we are somehow separate from the infinite, and it is only in a sense of separation that discord can arise and express itself. So in thinking about what I wanted to offer today, there's, you know, there's some Emerson because that's the class I'm teaching, but I found this quotation uh, by Unity Minister Eric Butterworth who is one of my favorites. I, I, I'm sorry that I never knew Eric Butterworth personally. I wish, I wish that I'd had that opportunity. Um, but he offered this. The religious experience and religious study is to help individuals to know themselves, to become integrated with the transcendent flow of inner guidance and light and power and love. Light, power, love, those are only some of the attributes of the infinite power and presence that we call God, and it is who and what we are. And our, I, I think I ask myself the question sometimes, what are we here for? Why do we come here on a Sunday? I think part of it is to hear that type of message. The religious experience, religious study, the reason that we are here is to help ourselves come to know ourselves. That's how I would retranslate this, to help ourselves come to know ourselves, to allow ourselves to become integrated with the transcendent flow of inner guidance, that in, inner guidance that is the divine. And light and power and love, those are good things as far as I'm concerned. And if that is God's nature, the more we give in to allowing ourselves to be integrated and expressive of God's nature, the more we are doing good in the world. It's why that peace candle is so important to me because Every single week I say it is a reflection of that which is inherent in each and every one of us. We can very easily cover up that inherent nature. We can very easily cover up that inherent nature. I see it all the time. The other part, oh, can you go back, can you go back to that? Thank you. I would actually add something to this. The religious experience and religious study is to help individuals to know themselves, to become integrated with 
the transcendent flow of inner guidance and light and power and love, and here's what I would add, and act accordingly. Because it's not just enough to know those things, but to allow that integration to show up in the expression of our lives. We are the active expression of the divine. And I'm not willing to sit back and go, God is all good. Yes, God is all good. That's the truth. But if it is not leading me into activity in my life, then it doesn't matter what I think or believe. The purpose of prayer, I always say the purpose of prayer, the purpose of affirmative prayer is to impel action within us, to know the truth, the spiritual truth of any given situation, and then as a result, impel action within us in accordance with the prayer that has been spoken. And so our work is to act according to the spiritual nature that we inherently are. So if we are devoting our time to knowing the truth, what we are doing is we are setting ourselves free from ignorance. And that's why I choose to continue to show up here, because this is my dedicated time. My entire life I've dedicated to knowing more of, and I'm going to put it in quotes, the truth, because I will get, inevitably get asked the question, well, what is truth? Well, I hold in my heart that there is a spiritual truth. Part of that spiritual truth is that God is all there is. And so I hold that as a spiritual truth, the truth for myself. And in aligning my own mind, my own thoughts, my own feelings, my own heart space in with that infinite truth, then I am free of ignorance. And I find myself in alignment with the wholeness that I inherently am. And as a result, I live in harmony. We can live in harmony, each and every one of us. We can live in harmony when we recognize that truth of our own sense of divinity, but here's the other part of that. Then we also have to accept that every single person we encounter is divine as well. And boy, that can be hard when we look at people's behavior. But it is my work, my role, my desire to love everyone, even if I disagree with their behavior. I choose to let that be the point of view from which I experience and live my life. Ignorance is only sown from ideas of separation. And ideas of separation show up then as discordant experiences. That's a premise of what we teach here. The construct of separation, which only exists in our minds, is what leads us to discordant experiences in the world of form. I think it is my belief that this is what Ralph Waldo Emerson was offering as well when he wrote his essays. This week, we launched into, we, we, we took a dive into his essay, Self-Reliance, which is perhaps one of the most influential essays uh, in American history, for American history. And uh, it certainly is one of the most influential essays on the New Thought movement. And every time I read Emerson, and I've been reading Emerson for years and years and years, and especially this particular essay, I feel like it's the first time I'm reading it. And while there are passages that I have committed to memory, <laughs> um, 
A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds is one of them. <laughs> that's not what my talk is about today, but that's one of the passages from that particular essay that I've committed to memory. Um, I am always inspired into something new every time I read Emerson. And, and perhaps the reason is because when I am rereading these essays, my mind is newly made in that moment because our minds are newly made in every single moment. Therefore, every time I read it is the first time. And I always start at the beginning of the essay, good place to start, where he has this Latin phrase. And I challenged the class this week. I said, so there's this Latin phrase, ne te quasi veris extra. That's how he starts the essay. And I said, did any of you look it up? There were a couple who did, and I'm not here to shame anyone else in the class, but it's also why I'm there to tell you what it means. Uh, ne te quasi veris extra means never seek outside yourself. Never seek outside yourself. And there's the rub. Because if we take this to heart, if we, if we truly take this to heart, then I would ask you the question, what are you doing here? Why show up on a Sunday morning? Why read books? Why engage in spiritual community? Why study anything if we are called to not seek anything outside ourselves? Well, I do have an answer. <laughs> William has an answer. Maybe our answers will align. I'm going to say my answer, and then you can tell me, yes, that aligns. So here's my answer. That the experiences that we engage in, the reading, the study, the spiritual community that we engage in, these things combine to spark that inner thing within every single one of us. It is to catalyze inspiration so that we can come to understand what it is that is within us. I am inspired to know something perhaps beyond just the words written on the page. Inspiration comes, does that align? Yes, he's saying yes, yes, that aligns. Inspiration comes from the capital S self, the infinite self. And we do sometimes use that as a, as a, as a thing, capital S self, which then we differentiate from the lowercase f, f, f self. I don't know why that, something is going on with me today. The lowercase s self, we differentiate those two, and then here's what happens. We start to believe that they are separate things. So you see how easy it is to get into this seeming separation? Because the capital S self is the lowercase s self. They are one and the same, and there is no separation at all. But inspiration comes from that which is within the capital S sense of self. And so Emerson offers us this, to believe your own thought, to believe that which is true for you in your private heart is true for all men, that is genius, genius. And it's not limited to men. He was writing at a particular time where gendered language was the norm. To believe in your own, to believe your own thought, to believe that which is true for you in your private heart is true for all, or just all, that is genius. Genius, I think, is partially expressed through critical thinking. We cannot be truly ourselves without thinking critically about the experiences we're having. We can look at the 
news. I'm not going to suggest you look at the news necessarily. I'm going on a bit of a news fast myself right now. Um, but we can look at the news, and if we have a critical eye and a critical mind and a critical heart space around what we are observing, then we needn't be adversely affected by what is on the news. Now, there are those of us who are more empathic, and I get, you can't watch that. That's okay. That's okay. I'm not telling you to go out and do it. I'm just saying, we have the capacity, each and every one of us, to understand it from the spiritual perspective, not the relative perspective. But sometimes we get so lost in the relative facts that we forget there is spirit at the core of all of it. There is God at the core of all of it. There is love at the core of all of it, even if that love is expressing itself in discordant ways. But that's what the individualization in each and every one of us may do. We have that freedom to express God in whatever manner we decide to express God. Some of us do it one way. Others of us do it a different way. Critical thinking opens our eyes. It's one of the things that attracted me to the New Thought philosophy is because it is an invitation into critical thinking, into thinking about what it is, the reason that we are here, the nature of being. Critical thinking opens our lives so that we may, each and every one of us, become leaders and not simply follow. If there is anything I'm looking to do here, I'm looking to put myself out of work. Think about it. I want you all to be spiritual leaders to such a degree that this paradigm is not required for us to come back every single Sunday and have a reminder because we are just simply living the infinite truth and going out and expressing that in life. And so today, I'm encouraging each and every one of us to not dismiss the gleam. What does that mean? I'm about to tell you. Emerson offered this. And again, re redefine the gendered language for yourself. A man should learn to detect and watch that gleam of light which flashes across his face more than the luster of the firmament of bards and sages. Yet he dismisses without notice his thought because it is his. He's inviting us into a greater understanding and realization of the truth of our being that we sometimes dismiss because we consider ourselves less than. I am here to tell you, you cannot be less than. That's why we say every single week, you are magnificent, I am magnificent. We are the magnificence of infinite nature, the infinite spiritual nature embodied and expressed at all times. There is no aspect of our physical beingness which is not 100% holy. Are you willing to live life from that point of view? That which makes us, us, is compromised when we think we need to conform to the ideas of others. That's why every Sunday I say, you may not like everything you hear, you may not believe everything you hear, but I'm going to offer you a, an idea, perhaps, that you can then take and consider and determine if you want to put that to use in your life. I'm not here to tell you what to think or what to believe. And that, I think, is what differentiates new thought from many traditional philosophies. When we dismiss that gleam of light, the inspiration, or uh, the inspiration for me means the breath of divinity. When we, when we dismiss that inspiration, we do ourselves no favors. And our genius 
remains at bay. It remains hidden. The nature of genius within each and every one of us, and we are each and every one of us geniuses. That's why I love that song so much. I've sung that song a few times in this community and before I was ever part of this community because it is a call to each and every one of us to not align with the idea that genius has to be something out there to impress the masses. It's not. We are each and every one of us geniuses in our own right. And if we allow the inner genius to express itself, oh, how magnificent this world will be. Because when we all approach life from that point of view, there can be no discord because in knowing your genius, you are knowing the spiritual truth about the self. Another thing that compromises us is when we feel, oh, Another compromising thing is when we feel justified in vehement defense of our ideas. Have you ever gotten into an argument? <laughs> Once. I've been in an argument. Um, I know that probably shocks you. Here's what I find about, here's what happens typically in arguments. Usually if you're in argument, neither of you are listening. You're only defending. What if we actually stopped and listened? What if those places in the world that are experiencing conflict actually stopped and listened rather than defending? There are two things wrapped up in this. Number one, I believe, I believe that the spiritual truth doesn't need defense. Number two, there is nothing dishonorable about having our minds changed. The nature of the maritime, I'm going to call it the maritime arts. That is, sailing, shipping, any of that. The nature of, of, of shipping or sailing is that there's this thing that can happen uh, where the ship needs to do what's called uh, tacking, where it's basically doing a zigzag to maintain a course. And from a distance, that zigzag looks like a straight line if you get back far enough. But in fact, what's happening is on closer examination, there are constant modifications that the ship or the boat are taking to maintain the course. It's the same in our lives. We are constantly zigzagging. We are constantly tacking in order to maintain our course. And the course can be changed because what may happen is if you're on the sea and you're tacking, you're zigzagging, you maintain that course, and oh gosh, I see that there looks like a storm ahead. If I'm in alignment with actually paying attention, I will see the storm, the coming storm ahead, and I can then change my course to let go of the experience of the storm. Anyone ever experience a storm in their lives? I have. Oh, have I experienced some storms in my life. If only I had known then what I know now. 
there is no one who can truly tell us what is right for us. And it is not ours to tell others what is right. Our work is to be self-reliant. Our work is to detect the gleam, not dismiss the gleam, to watch it and then shine forth. Let us keep the high watch in our own minds. The joy of life, the happiness that we seek is all sourced in that capital S sense of self and nothing else. That is what I feel, personally, is the purpose of our practice. But I will ask you, because I'm not here to tell you what to feel, what to think, or what to believe. Take a moment for yourself to determine what is it you feel, what is it you think, what is it you believe. I think what we offer here in this spiritual center invites us to exhibit courage. It invites us to exhibit confidence, confidence which is self-reliance without apology. It's an invitation to exhibit these things and invites us to insist upon ourselves and never imitate. Insist upon yourself, never imitate. That is one of those magnificent phrases of Emerson that I have committed to memory. Insist upon yourself, never imitate. Spiritual practice helps bring me to clarity, and that clarity is this. I am not separate from life. I am not separate from life. In fact, life is living me, and I get to captain the ship. That's what I know. We are not here to rationalize or develop a system of rationalization that God is good, because that sometimes can also lead us to the road of spiritual bypass, because if we step back and go, oh, God is all good, it's all great, and then our lives are falling apart around our ears, we are absolutely missing the point that we are in charge, each and every one of us. We are not here to rationalize the idea that God is good. We are here to demonstrate God as goodness. That's our role in our personal lives. And we are here to share that goodness in all we do. So my final message to you today is this. Shine your light. Do not dismiss the gleam. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. If you are new to our community, I give homework every week. And the homework is an opportunity, I think, for us to put into practice the lesson that we've learned here today. And so my homework today uh, is really a practice of opening up our awareness to begin to detect the gleam and to see what perhaps needs some addressing, needs some shifting in our lives. So I want us all to pay attention this week to listening, the manner in which we listen. And I would like us to look at listening on three different levels. First, in your experience, listen to what is being said. It can be what is being said by others, or it can be what is being said by yourself. What, what am I saying? Listen to what is being said. That's number one. Number two, listen to what you think about what is said. So as you hear somebody say something or as you hear yourself say something, 
What is that little voice in the back of your mind saying? Is it in alignment? Is it in agreement? Or is it in a state of discord? Listen to what you think about what is said. And then the third takes it even deeper. Listen to what you think about what you think. (laughs) It's an invitation to drop down, to go deeper, to uncover the layers that sometimes are hidden because it is in that realm of consciousness that is below the level of awareness. This is an invitation to begin to let it well up and to make determinations accordingly. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.